Hello and welcome to Mile Monsters Inc. Crossing State Lines, episode number four, The Ride. Today we're going to be talking about just that, The Ride. What goes into it, how we do it, why we do it, the joys of it, the thrills, the spills, the dangers. Uh, I try to cover a little bit of everything here, so uh, sit back and enjoy a little conversation, a little talk about the ride. First of all, with riding, every good ride takes a lot of prep. This is the part of the ride that a lot of people don't put enough uh, time or effort into, is prepping. And prepping is not only planning your ride, but it's planning what you're going to bring with, what you're going to encounter on the road, things you need to do and prepare for to get ready for the ride. When I start to prep, I think about what I'm going and uh, how long it's going to take to get there, what I want to pack. And the problem I see with the vast majority of people riding is they bring too much shit with them. They got their bike loaded down like they're moving. The first two times I moved out of uh, a house, I didn't have as much stuff with me as I see people have on long trips. This is a motorcycle ride. Most of the time is spent on the motorcycle. You do not need to have everything, including the kitchen sink, with you to camp or to stay in a hotel for six or eight hours. So think about that when you're packing. Lay everything out in one area so you see what you're bringing. Don't just stuff, stuff, stuff. And everybody has a bike. They put a tour pack on it. And the more room you have, the more stuff you pack. And I'll give you some advice. Limit what you bring. It takes the weight off the bike and makes the ride so much more enjoyable. I know so many people who ride all the time, but they don't ride with a loaded bike. Then they go on a long ride and they bring all this extra crap with them and their bike weighs so much more and it doesn't handle as well. And they just hate the entire trip. They stop and mail stuff home. They give stuff away. They leave stuff at people's house. So that is number one. Plan what you need and only bring what you need. And bring less than what you need. Typically, when you pack, you get your entire list out, everything laid out. You can count on using half of that at the most. So put a lot of, a lot of thought into what you bring. You'll enjoy your ride a lot more when your bike is not so overloaded. You can't control her. And then plan your ride. And most importantly, ride your plan. If you sit with a fresh mind and you have a route and how long it's going to take, where you kind of plan on stopping, where you kind of spend the night. Plan that ride down to a T, especially your long-distance rides. Plan it, and then ride the plan. Don't let your mind screw you over and think, oh, I can cross that mountain. Don't make decisions when you're tired, you've been on the road for 16 hours. When you were fresh, you knew you should sleep in this town. Stop in that town and sleep. If you don't, you're going to try to go over the mountain, you're going to push too far, and now you're somewhere without any rooms and wishing you would have uh, stuck to your plan. So plan your ride, put a lot of thought into it, and then most of all, ride your plan. Every quality rider will tell you the same thing. My friend Go Home Ken would tell me, plan your ride, plan your ride, plan your ride. I did a 48 states in eight days. I put a lot of thought into my plan. I planned it, I planned it, I planned it. And then when I hit the road, things happened. I couldn't stick to my plan as well, but I had my plan. 
and I could, when I got off track, I could get back on track. And that's the only way I made it was having a good detailed plan and then riding the plan, knowing what you have to do to stick to your plan. That's the best way to succeed at what you do and enjoy the most of it. So then, you know, when you actually get out on the road, enjoy what you do. You know, if you're enjoying it, you have way less stress. Ride to your abilities. If you're riding with somebody and it's the first time you've ridden with somebody and they are above and beyond your abilities, you have to have that talk with them and tell them, I can't ride these twisties at this crazy speed. I don't have the skill set. So you just have to ride to your abilities and that limits the stress, which in turn gives you much more time in the saddle. If you have a stressful 12 hours in the saddle, you will be mentally and physically done. If you have a chill 12 hours, you will have another six hours in the saddle, no problem. So do your ride, ride your abilities. Don't let somebody else dictate how you ride. If that means you got to ride by yourself, then ride by yourself. You know, in the pace, think about that. Think about what your goals are, you know, what you, how fast you need to go. If you want to be averaging 60 miles an hour total time, then stick with that. Figure out how long it takes you to limit your gas brakes. If you're doing 90 miles an hour on the interstate, you know, just hammering down, hammering down, hammering down, and then you stop it every time you get gas, you need to relax because you've been so stressed from the 90 miles an hour, and you sit there for 20 minutes, a half hour. Well, your overall time is going to be 60 miles an hour, if that. Well, you might as well ride 70, 75 miles an hour on the interstate and then make your stops, you know, a little quicker and you get to the, your end game at the same time without all the risk. So figure pace, who you're with, what you're going to do, and that'll really help you out. And then ahead of time, part of your ride and your plan, planning your ride is highways or country roads. Are you in a hurry to get to where you're going? Look at the interstates. Sometimes the interstates are much faster to get from point A to point B. If I'm riding to Arkansas and I plan to ride, you know, the northwest corner of Arkansas, which is beautiful, and you're going to hit that area, yes, I'll ride the interstates to get there. If I'm going to somewhere and I'm just going and turning back, you know, then you want to take country roads, enjoy the ride through whatever states you're hitting on some back country roads. Look those up and kind of kind of map it. Don't just plug in your GPS and, and uh, hammer down on it. You know, and with GPSs, uh, I try to tell everybody to use a paper map. I use an Atlas. I have it in my bike all the time. I actually keep it in my truck all the time. And when you have an Atlas and you look at the ways to go, you see things on an Atlas. The GPS will never tell you. A GPS tells you how to get from point A to point B in the most efficient route. Riding a motorcycle, you, sometimes you're not looking for the most efficient route. If you open up an atlas, it'll have in different colors what things are. So you'll see state land, national forest, state forest, uh, mountains, whatever it is. And sometimes it's only 10 minutes further to take a really cool road. So, you know, I encourage you to look at an atlas, look at a map, figure out where you're going and go that route. It's uh, very, uh, very uh, beneficial. You'll see some really cool stuff you would never see if you just follow a GPS. So that's what I would do for sure. And then, you know, enjoy your ride. Man, I can picture riding down the highway, coming up over hills with breathtaking views. You know, the view on a motorcycle is like none other. If you're in a cage, you're looking out a big window. Yeah, that's nice. You're on a motorcycle. You see the world like 
only people on a bike understand. And so anybody listening to this knows exactly what I'm talking about. But I can picture coming over hills with breathtaking views of, you know, valleys and the plains, the mountains, the deserts, a little bit of everything. And it's just awesome. But you roll hard, you're rolling along, and you got to be prepared because I've been rolling along and I'm just enjoying the day. I'm banging in and out of semis, pounding, feeling great. One with the motorcycle, doing 90 miles an hour, just ripping along, all kinds of fun. And then in the blink of an eye, something goes wrong on the bike. It just happened to me on my last trip, rolling along, passing a semi, and my foot slipped on the floorboard. I thought that was a little odd. I looked down, I had oil on my boot. I hit the kill switch, coasted to the shoulder to check it out. Turned out to be uh, a minor problem. I got it fixed. But those things happen. So be prepared for that at any given moment. Any given time, make sure you have an exit strategy. You have to be able to get out of trouble when there's uh, a problem with your bike. And it may only happen once every other year. But that one time it happens, have in your mind how you're going to get out of there. Always be thinking of a way out. You have a troubled tire, a mechanical problem, hit a pothole, wreck a tire, whatever that is, 100% of the time, you have to be ready to react and find a way out. So be ready for that. Breakdowns are part of the game. When you break down, you're on the side of the road, you know, understand what it is, what road you're on. If you're on a busy highway with a little ass shoulder and you have something that you can limp that bike to an exit, by all means, get off the highway. Don't get yourself killed. Don't get anybody else killed. Um, get off the highway. But if it is something that's broke down, get it off the road as far as you can and relax. Nothing's going to change. The world will be here tomorrow. So many people get all stressed out, like like the world's coming to an end. They just, you know, they're going to miss out on their favorite trip, whatever. If you ride a, a Harley or an Indian or a Victory, whatever, there's dealerships, there's bike shops everywhere. There's phones. You can find a bike shop. You can find a Harley dealership, a Victory dealership, or uh, Indian, I mean, uh, to work on your stuff. So don't sweat the breakdowns. They happen. You know, uh, getting yourself out of that trouble is not made easier by being all pissed off at the world. So just chill. That's part of riding the bike. Some of the best times I've had have been on the side of the road when somebody broke down. Some of my favorite stories are talking about fixing a bike. Um on the side of the road. Somebody had trouble, shifter linkages popped off, shifters have come off. Like that shit happens. So that's part of riding a motorcycle, part of doing what we do. Half of it, you just have to laugh. If you're new to riding, you won't have these things in your bike. If you've been riding a while, it's amazing what you start carrying with you because of that one time something happened. You lose a shifter. I keep an extra shifter, kickstand springs. Uh, the little nuts to hold my seat on, the quick detach, uh, <laughs> I keep those because I lost them on the way. I keep all kinds of little miscellaneous parts in my tool bag of just things that if you ask me why I have that part, I'll tell you a story about the time I lost one, a friend lost one, whatever the case was. But some of those times are some of the best stories I've had sitting on the side of the road, trying to figure out how we're going to fix a tire. I sat with a flat tire on my way to Washington, sitting with a flat tire. Somebody came up, we plugged it, we put some air in it, got me to a dealership before I get a new tire, and we're on our way. But we had some great times. Shifter linkage, repair in a parking lot, in the blazing sun, trying to find shade. 
my brake caliper went out coming home from Texas a couple years ago. Uh, me and my boy Billy had to fix that on the side of the road. You know, later that day, my saddlebag fell off at 100 miles an hour because we were mad about fixing the caliper and couldn't get the brakes bled. So those things just happen. Don't sweat it. Enjoy the moment because you will look back and you will forget all about that ride. All about the ride that might have been 1,500 miles long. But you'll never forget that time on the side of the road with your buddies, you know, trying to solve a problem. So that's just part of the game. Enjoy it. And, you know, comes with the dangers as well. That's just part of the game. Relax and understand you're on a missile. So when you're on your motorcycle, a lot of people I see, their first instincts are to break. I'm an aggressive sort of guy. I ride hard. I ride fast. My instincts are not to break. My instincts are almost always give gas. So when there's a problem, I want to be out of that problem. If there's a problem with cars and I'm on the highway rolling along at 80, 85 miles an hour, and all of a sudden there's like 15 cars kind of bottlenecked up because some jackass is riding in the fast lane, you know, next to a semi, I will blow by him on the shoulder. I will lane split. I will get out of that trouble and get ahead of that and then get back to my normal cruising. But I am not... Um, a fan of hanging out in dangerous situations for no reason. There's a lot of dangers on the road. Don't put yourself in a spot where you're inviting trouble. If there's a problem, get out of the problem. Take an exit, get some gas, chill out, and get away from that. If you find yourself rolling down the highway for a long time, it's just nothing but problems. Get out, relax, chillax a bit, have a beer, get back on the road, get, get to it when you're a little more uh, settled in. So, you know, because there are dangers, there are plenty of things on the road, asshole drivers, potholes, road conditions, animals, your, your own fatigue. There's the dangers are never ending. Limit the dangers and you will enjoy the ride. Try to limit them to things that you can manage. If you're riding somewhere, if you spend most of your time riding in rural Minnesota, rural Wisconsin, Texas, wherever that is, spend the money and put some lights on. I see everybody get you know putting five thousand dollar paint jobs on bikes, and then they don't have good quality lights on. You know your good quality paint job is going to win you bike of the week. Big deal. That and that and two thousand miles won't make you cool. Big bright lights they'll save your life and make your ride so much more enjoyable. I rode with Hopper in the Hokey and Solo. They turned their lights on. It was like daytime. And it was absolutely astounding how well you can see. That buys you so much time. The lights I have on my bike, uh, I put on from Tractor Supply. They're not a ton of money. They buy me five seconds at 95 miles an hour. Five seconds at 95 miles an hour, you have your light shining a long ways up the road. When I turn those off, you lose a lot of time. And that's all reaction time, all time you can make a game plan. When you see that deer, the pig, the bear, whatever it is, the moose, elk coming up on the road. I rolled through Colorado in the Hokahe, and I took off in the morning when it was still dark out. And it was just getting light, and I came over the hill, and there was a herd of elk in the road. And I didn't have the brightest lights on uh, my bike at that time. I was new to endurance riding, and I did not have the time I needed to get my bike stopped. And I went through a herd of elk. There was 30 to 40 elk milling across the road, kind of hurrying. 
And I don't know, I guess God wanted me to get through that herd because I made it through that herd of elk and I looked back and there were elk everywhere. I have no idea how I went through, but had I had good lights, I would have had the time to get that bike slowed down to a lot more manageable speed before I uh, was right into the herd. So spend the money on lights, limit your dangers, tone your speed down when you're somewhere with uh, a lot of critters or if you're riding in the Northeast where we have just crappy roads. Um, especially in the spring, any winter, any winter state, uh, people, you know, there's a lot of potholes after a hard winter that ice blows them out of the road. So, you know, limit your risk and you'll enjoy your ride a lot more. And when you're out on your ride, take some pictures. I turn my location services on when I travel on my phone and I take pictures and all my pictures are recorded where I am. And when I'm competing in uh, some challengers, I have no idea. I'm just following directions. I have no idea where I am. I just see really cool stuff, and I take pictures, and I don't know what road I'm on. And I took a really cool picture, and another rider had a cool picture of the same place. The same exact picture taken within 50 yards of each other rolling down the road. And when we looked at our time, we were only two hours apart from each other and had no idea that the other one was there. So take pictures, everybody has a phone, figure out a mount. I use a, a rock form mount and I can take my phone off in a second, turn it, take a picture. I just take pictures, random pictures as I'm riding, put my phone back. If they turn out, they turn out. If they don't, they don't. If I stop, then I'll, if I see really cool stuff, you know, I stop and I try to get some good pictures to uh, remember it because... A lot of it, there's so many memories in that 24-hour window, that 48-hour, the week, whatever your trip is. You can't comprehend it all. So you take pictures. It's a great way to, to go back and to look at it. And with those pictures, I try to keep a journal. And I recommend anybody keeping a journal to uh, just record at the end of the day. I was here. I did this. I did that. You know, the weather was this. The weather was that. Because a lot of times the ride fades. The memories fade. And you look back at that and you have a journal of what you did that day. And then it, it, it spurs your memory, spurs another story. Somebody else has a story to tell of that same day, especially when you compete. You know, we ride through crazy, crazy rainstorms. And I write about it. And the next year I run into somebody and they were ahead of me by a half a day and they were in the same storm. They're behind me by a day. They hit that storm. Whatever the case is, you all have a you all have a story of that storm and it's fun to, to keep a little journal of it. So, you know, my advice is try to do that. Try to take some pictures, keep a journal and share your story, you know, share your story on Facebook, get in some groups. If you're into riding, there's all kinds of long distance riding groups to get into. Uh, there's Hokahe groups. If you're interested in the Hokahe, you know, I'm on one or run one. That's the Hokahe. Uh, about the riders so the riders and much more we talk about the charities we ride for and we share our stories we share ideas and and try to you know inspire the next person to say i'm going to give that a try try to inspire them to say you know what i'm going to do a thousand miles today or i'm going to do two thousand miles this weekend whatever the case is uh share your story because your story may seem boring or nothing to you compared to all the stories you read about the crazy things people do on motorcycles, but your story is your story and it's cool as hell to hear no matter what it is. 
I've heard great stories. People shared stories with me of 15-minute rides. Told me about something they encountered. 15-minute ride from their house. There was a deer. Deer came on the road. They stopped the bike. They took a picture. Uh, it's just never-ending. So you never know what your story will do, what it will inspire the next guy to do. And they may hear you talk of something and, you know, it may inspire them to attempt the same thing, ride the same way, whatever it is. So your story is worth telling. Write it down, take pictures, and share it with the world. Don't just ride your motorcycle and go home and, you know, think, oh, that was neat. You know, that was cool, but nobody cares because somebody cares. Somebody wants to hear that story. I guarantee it. So it's a lot of fun, and when you hear stories, you never know what comes out of it. I was sitting around one night telling stories about iron butt uh, rides through the IBA, which I am not overly involved with. I follow a lot of riders, but I don't do a lot of iron butt rally uh, type or the iron butt rally or iron butt association type rides. But I heard a friend of mine talking about a Truex, and his talking about that ride starting the center of the country, going to the four corners, but you have to go out, come back, go out, come back. And you do that. It was amazing. 11,000 miles, 12,000, whatever it was, but it was amazing and inspired me to put a ride together that I'm doing this summer, the Midwest monster. But it was inspired from that. I had an idea for a ride. I wanted to, to put things together that inspired me to take a little piece of that, a little idea of that, combine it with Something else somebody else had said, and we're going to try a new a new style of uh, a competition-type ride. And it's really uh, the way things are meant to be. You know, a story leads to an inspiration. Inspiration leads to another ride. That ride's going to lead to a story. Uh, it's just a domino effect. So do that. Take pics, lots of pictures, lots of stories, and meet people. When you meet people along the way, you know, say hi to people. People are intimidated by hardcore riders. They're intimidated by bikers in general. I'm covered in tattoos. Uh, I'm a friendly guy, but maybe I don't look so friendly. I don't know, but I say hello to people. I'm friendly. I'm nice. You know, uh, that is just kind of how I roll through life. You, If you're nice to me and uh, show me a little respect, I will, I will go out of my way to help you and be nice. And I've met all kinds of cool people on the road. They've donated to my charities just because of conversations I've had with them on the side of the road. Some of them are bikers. Some are just family people on vacation where I happen to be. So I encourage people to, to meet some people, get some cards made up. They don't have to be business cards. You're not in business, but you can get some cards made up. You know, Joe Blow Biker, out for a good time. You know, if your adventures take you near me, hit me up. Give me an email address on there. Have stickers made. Place your sticker somewhere. There's nothing uh, nothing that's uh, quite like when you see a picture on Facebook of somebody you don't even know on a state line at a cool thing. And in the background is your sticker on a sign next to their sticker that they just put up. So it's just kind of funny. And, and the more you ride, the more people you get to know, the more stickers you recognize. So get some cards, get some stickers, slap them up, put them places, uh, claim your ground. And get a picture with it. And it's just a lot of fun to to roll with. And I keep a book with me. I was inspired by another writer. Go Home Ken. He kept a book. I asked me to sign his book. I asked him about it. A little book you can buy for next to nothing. 
And when he carries around, he had people sign it. I thought it was a great idea, so I did the same thing. And now I keep a book, and whenever I'm on my motorcycle and I meet somebody that's interesting, we share some time, we share a story, I ask them to sign my book. I only read my book maybe once every couple months, so it's fun to look back and people write just the random, random things. So, you know, the little things like that, get out and do it. But they all help you enjoy the ride. So what it really comes down to is get your ass out and ride your, ride your scoot. Do whatever you can to enjoy it. Nowadays, Harleys are uh, super comfy. You can go a long ways on them. Don't be afraid to attempt a long-distance ride. You don't have to be the next uh, Iron Butt Rally winner to do something like that. You don't have to be the next Wendy Crockett, you know, to enjoy a ride. But if you have a motorcycle, you already have the passion for it. Get out and enjoy the enjoy the thing. My sticker is simple. It says, life is short. Enjoy the ride. That's what I try to inspire people to do. That's what I try to encourage people to do. That's what I do. And I enjoy every ride. I try to stop every long distance trip. Every day at sunset, I take a picture of the sunset. Happy as hell that I made it another day. Someday we won't have this opportunity to, uh, to ride. We'll be too old, too beat up, too sore. So I, for one, have no plans to spend my remaining time on earth thinking about what I want to do. I want to get out and do it. So I encourage you all to do it. And if you're work restricted, kid restricted, plan one damn ride this summer. Just one. Plan a ride. Tell the wife. Tell the kids. Tell work. I'm going to go out and do something this weekend that I've never done. And go for a ride. Plan a cool ride. Go do it. You start looking around on Facebook. If you want to ride with people, there's all kinds of people to ride with. And if you're hard up, nobody wants to ride with you, you call me. I will come and I will meet you and I will ride. So hit me up. Uh, if you're uh, down and in the dumps, you can't get somebody, I will ride at any speed, any uh, any destination somebody wants to go to. If I can make it work, I'll be there and I'll share that ride with you so you can tell that story. I love being a part of somebody else's story. I love to uh, to help you, to inspire people. So it's just awesome. So thank you to everybody that inspires me. Thank you to all you two-wheeled maniacs out there that I see riding, doing really cool shit that I want to do. With all the neat stuff, all the tools, the gadgets, all the things that make motorcycle riding so cool and so comfortable, I appreciate you. I appreciate Legend Suspension for hooking me up with a suspension that I can enjoy my ride that much more and allows me to ride even more aggressive than than I could before. I live for that kind of stuff. So for all of you, you know, I encourage you to do the same. And uh, like I say, life is short. Enjoy the ride. Peace, my friends. Later.